It's like, oh. I love wrestling. I love uh, <laughs> comic books. <laughs> I, I love, love I love lamp. I love Dave, French fries. Dave, do you actually love lamp? Or are you just saying that? I love lamp. <laughs> what is going on? We are Grapples to Apples, the podcast where we talk about everything from professional wrestling to whether or not whose Michael is more iconic, Dwight Schrute's Michael <laughs> or Laurie Strode from Halloween, Michael. Hmm. Hmm. Now this only really applies to people who have seen both. So I'm not really a horror movie guy, although mm-hmm. I do like classic horror movies, I'm not really into slashers. Yes. So I'm a little biased. I'm going to go Office. I'm okay. going to go... Michael! <laughs> that, that's just... That's that's me right there. Huh. So I'm not extremely um, into either of those two subjects. I like I like horror movies a lot. Okay. I just never got to really in, get into the Halloween uh, franchise. Mm-hmm. And The Office I've never watched as, as a series like in like okay. from start to finish. But I would say The Office's Michael is way more iconic. Fair. Especially in meme culture and such. Oh, for sure. Just all over the place. For sure. Other I think Michael. maybe like 20 years ago, everyone would have been like Halloween, but it's got to be. Yeah. Because yeah. of the times, you have to say, Michael! Dwight Schrute's Michael. Dwight Schrute. 20 years ago, there was also no office, so. Well, fair. Anyway. And Dwight Schrute's just like a, like the office is just a meme factory. Basically. Yeah. The memes. Anyway. <laughs> you are listening to us on SoundCloud.com at Grapples to Apples. That is Grapples, the number two. Apples. You're also listening to us on maybe, I don't know, Apple Podcasts, Google Play Music. What? Could be. Could be. Maybe you're pirating this. Don't do that. Don't do that. We need the views. Don't do that. Please don't do that. (laughs) Anyway, I am the one. Boom. The only. Boom. Shades with the messy hair today. (laughs) Joined by my lovely hosts. The Shakespearean candidate, Will the Thrill. And the one, the only. The double Z, the double E, Matty Bizzle. <laughs> All right, we're going to be talking about some uh, WWE. We had some uh, Raw, some SmackDown 1000, some wrestling news. Let's get into it. Ring that bell. So this week's Raw opens up with Braun Strowman, Drew McIntyre, and Dolph Ziggler coming out and cutting a promo, which leads straight into a World Cup qualifying match between Drew McIntyre and Seth Rollins. Seth Rollins wins via a countout after he delivers a curb stomp to Drew McIntyre amidst a whole bunch of Dolph Ziggler and uh, Dean Ambrose hullabaloo outside of the ring. So Rollins wins with a curb stomp countout, moving on to the World Cup. Not to get on this real quick, but that match made Drew look strong by not getting pinned by Seth Rollins. Yeah, but I hate this countout stuff. Yes, but he didn't have to use the pin. Yeah. Fair enough. I like that they utilize the count out. They don't I, don't. I don't feel like they've been doing it as often. We just had a count out last week with uh, Charlotte and um, Becky. These non these non pinfall double count out. Exactly. Yeah, I'm just I'm over these non pinfall and submissions. It's whack. Fair. I, I like for I like it in the sake of keeping them safe. Like, yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Keeping them strong. All right. Moving on after that, we had the Brothers of Destruction cutting a weird boiler room backstage. You know what? I will say it's a very attitude era promo, mm-hmm. so I kind of appreciate that. But it didn't really amount to much. Uh, this whole thing's attitude era. Fair, <laughs> fair. 
I kind of did that. The the feel and the vibe of it I liked, mm-hmm. but what it actually was was kind of lame. Uh, and ends with Undertaker going. I have one message of your say. Your three words are: Are you ready? My three words are: Rest in peace. Yeah. Who's That's who, that. who's seen that coming? Oh god. No. Yeah. Right. Uh, so following that, we had the announcement for a number one contenders battle royal at Evolution. So, I mean, we figured this was going to happen. They announced going to be 50 women participating at the event. Was the easiest way to throw in a bunch of women? Battle Royal. Put them in a Battle Royal. That's right. So, Battle Royal. And the winner of the Battle Royal is going to become the number one contender. Or will have a future championship opportunity, which is what they're using nowadays as, like, their number one. It's, it's a weird verbiage. Oh, because you, they don't know who's going to win. Uh, mm-hmm. Question, real quick. Are NXT women allowed in this match? They have to be. They don't have enough women to, to bank on. If you're just going main roster and legends, it's going to be the Royal Rumble. I know Tori Wilson's going to be in the battle. Yeah, yeah. Um, which the ageless wonder, Tori Wilson. Gorgeous. She's gorgeous. Sure. Not my cup of tea. Um, following, so that kind of led into the tag team match between Dana Brooke and the apparently now on Raw Tamina, who last before her injury was on SmackDown. But I guess who cares? Free agent, bro. <laughs> yeah, free agent. <laughs> She's John Cena status and Brie Bella status. She can be on both shows. So Dana Brooke and Tamina face off against the buddies of Ember Moon and Nia Jax. Moon and Jax go over. Uh, kind of turns into this weird, like, they all take turns throwing each other over the top rope. Because, you know, whenever you have a Royal Rumble or Battle Royal coming up soon, that's what they do. They have these weird matches where we have to have these other. things where everyone's throwing Just each other a over simulated the simulated Battle Royal. Yeah, it's dumb. It doesn't make sense when you think about it in, like, context of, uh, like, competition. Mm-hmm. But because WWE has to advertise, that's how that works. The following segment was arguably the biggest um, segment worth talking about. Ronda Rousey came out and did her whole spiel, like, why did the the Bella Twins turn on me? All woe is me. Uh, The Bellas come out, and after a few small back back and forth exchange, Ronda, uh, so at first, the first half of Ronda's promo was very weird. Because she's cutting, like, these overly scripted things. Talking about, like, you guys should be eviscerated, like, the smallpox. I'm like, who, who, like, who talks like that? You're writing for them. (laughs) (laughs) I wouldn't even write something like that. Like, that's so insane. But then after, after that, they're talking about evolution and breaking down barriers. And the Bella says something to Rhonda about breaking down doors and barriers. And Rhonda's like, what? I broke down doors in judo. I broke down the doors in um, strike, force. strike force. I broke down doors in UFC. Only door you ever broke down was the one to John Cena's bedroom. Oh, what so up? she's. I'm watching this on my phone. I walk into my bedroom, and when she said that, I stopped in my tracks and was just like, <gasps> "Said what?" Because I was, I was, I, I was, I was gasping for, for that. air. I was taken aback. And then she follows that with the same door that John threw you out. So, first, I love the crowd that night because, like, she says the, the first thing and they're just like, oh! It's Philly. And then she says the second thing and they're just like, oh! Like, oh, dang. See, dang. I, I had an issue with it. The okay. promo, good, whatever, you know. I don't like the Ronda Rousey, not crybaby thing, but it's just yeah. like, oh, the whole, oh, what was me thing. Right. It doesn't fit her character. I agree. So it's a waste of time, in my opinion, to do that. Mm-hmm. She needs to fact check because Nikki Bella ended the relationship with John Cena. I don't know who got back together, but I know that Nikki is the one who 
kick John Cena through the door. But wasn't the whole crux of their breakup because John didn't want to have kids? So yes. essentially, I mean, while she was the one who officially broke it off, he's kind of the one who broke it off in that no, sense? No, because he actually proposed and she didn't want a pity marriage. So technically, she's the one that broke it off. But her whole point is that John threw her out the door. John didn't want to marry her, so in a way that's kind of him throwing her out the door. But he proposed. So that, that point is moved. though. But it doesn't make a difference. He did. He was like, I did it at WrestleMania. What do you want from my yeah, life? Yeah, Vince told him to do it. He's just a company guy. All right? He just, so, tells, listen, he just tells him Vince tells I him. I bought you this ring. It's a lot of money. It's it's like $15 from the, the convenience store. Yeah, that thing was huge. <laughs> I don't know a convenience store thing. That, yo, that's, that's Vince paychecks. Took, Vince took Linda's ring, gave it to Johnson. <laughs> Stop. <laughs> Stupid. Wasn't, is Stephanie supposed to have that now? That, no, that she got works? a trips ring, bro. Oh. Whatever trips, you're, right, trips they, she's she's good. They she, went to good. they went to Vegas and got their ring. The one right. thing I didn't like about this promo, Brie Bella, was just there. Well, she's on the match. She's on the race side. But. No, yeah, but like it's a it's like a, a Ronda versus Bella twins promo, and just because the program is Ronda and Nikki, Bella's kind of I mean Bella Brie's kind of just standing there. So if you're not gonna have her do much, why even bring her out? Exactly. I mean she did. Speak a little bit like they were groundbreakers in the, yeah. the divas division and all this other stuff, and I'm just like, uh, but the divas division kind of was two thumbs down. You know what irks me about the whole Brie Bella stuff? She's married to Daniel Bryan, who's a face, uber baby face, over like over like Rover guy, right? There's no ever bands about about it. He's baby face, so they have made no qualms about playing off their marriage. So now you have super baby face married to like. Heel, it doesn't. I don't know. I feel like it doesn't really make sense in that fashion. But regardless, that's where we were. That was that promo. So following after that, we had Dean Ambrose and Dolph Ziggler in another World Cup qualifying match. Uh, this one has. I mean, it's pretty predictable. Shield member goes over in the first match. So Dog of War, Dogs of War. I don't think they call them that anymore. They're not. They're really. I think not. it's just Braun. Yeah. Because they didn't really catch except for Braun. us. What did? Ziggler and Drew call themselves? Do they call themselves? No, they were just, they're just, no. just Dolph Ziggler. And I think it's Mephitae easier for us to call them just the Dogs of War because it's harder to just go Braun, yeah. Dolph, yeah. and Drew. Yeah. Which is kind of weird to me yeah. because Roman was supposed to be the big dog and they were like the Hounds of Justice. I don't know. It's, that was it's, the whole it's point. That was the whole point. Anyway. Stupid. Um, so yeah, so Ambrose loses this match. Again, uh, McIntyre comes in, tries to interfere. So Rollins tries to help out, but sort of ends up bumping into Dean. Dean gets upset. He pushes Rollins. He gets back and he turns around for the match. Gets super kick. One, two, three. Ambrose loses. So now Ziggler is qualifying for the World Cup. Following that, we have uh, Finn Balor with Bailey coming out for a match against Jinder Mahal, who's with Alicia Fox and the returning second Singh brothers. So now you got both Singh brothers. Well, one of them Sunil. And Samir? I don't remember the other one. Because I've never Samir. seen He's not, yeah. like, on all the time. They got, yeah. like, a job. Because Samir was hurt. hurt. He was hurt. Yeah, yeah. no, I, but I'm saying I, don't, I just don't remember his name. Because he yeah. was hurt. I believe it's Sunil, Sunil and, Su- and Samir. I apologize if I got your names wrong, guys. You're just not... You don't do much. They all got, like, like a job or entrance, too. Alicia and... and oh, and, yeah, they always do. But, of course, they're... Yeah. Glorified jobbers. There's like four of them, and they all just yeah, showed up. It was four of them, and they were like, just in the oh. ring. Uh, so we've had this match, or some variation of this match, for the last three weeks, a quadrillion times, and it's been no different. Finn Balor goes over, coup de gras, match is over. The interesting thing is, as him and Bailey are celebrating in the ring, 
with Lashley's music hits. He comes out with Leo Rush. And at first I thought this was going to be an actual like interaction between the two. But all it was is Leo Rush telling Finn Balor to look at Bobby Lashley's body and to admire it. Which is kind of weird because it's like... It's not Kevin Owens looking at Bobby Lashley. Mm-hmm. Finn Balor is shredded. That, that, shredded beef, kid. Uh, thank you. Hey guys, shredded beef. Out of my mouth, bro. He is shredded beef. Is he jacked? No. But that mean is he's lean turkey, so I'm like, why would he well, look like at... like 0% body fat on that kid. How do you look yeah. at Bobby Lashley and you love one to be... Nah, man, if I'm Finn Balor, I look down and go, I'm good, mate. Or whatever. I was Australian. That was terrible. That was very terrible. I apologize. That was awful. That's offensive on I'm two usually different better continents. At I'm usually better at accents. I'm sorry. I don't know what that We're was. in the right time zone, at least. I don't, I don't, I'm not really sure. I don't think so. No, right. I don't think so at all. <laughs> so, moving... So, then, that leads into a Bobby Lashley versus Tyler Breeze match, which, if anyone did not think this was going to go one way, you're absolutely wrong. Bobby Lashley defeats Tyler Breeze. At least Breeze got in some offense. But I really wish Breeze got something more to do or got some more shine than just being, you know, a glorified jobber to Lashley. But it is what it is. You're setting up Lashley, trying to build him up. I get it. Following that, we had Trish Stratus and Lita come down to the ring. And just as they're about to start cutting a promo, Alexa Bliss and Mickey James come out. They go back and forth. I felt like the mic work between Bliss and um, Mickey James was a little awkward at times. Highlight was when Alexa Bliss mocked Trish Stratus's finger point thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because she's like, "Oh, you know what you're because they're doing impressions of each other." Apparently, uh, Alexa Bliss is doing an impression of Lita, and then Mickey was doing the impression of Trish. So then Alexa Bliss goes, "Oh, you're missing the point." And she goes, "What's the point?" She goes, like, "The you know, Trish the point, thing, you know, the, the thing, thing. The thing. and you got to do it with the hip." She does it with the hip, and that was the best part of the entire segment by far. The rest of this of the of the promo was kind of just. Meh, thanks for reminding us that this match is going on in two weeks. For me, the goddess was the promo. I felt like Mickey James talking kind of took away from the promo because mm. Mickey James not much of a talker. It's definitely not on Bliss's level. That's always been Bliss's strong suit. She's great on the mic. I want to see another moment of Bliss. I want, I want them to keep doing... You know, those are good. Those. those are so much fun. I'm not a fan of Bliss in general, but the moment of Blisses are actually really good. She did one a couple weeks ago where she was like, I brought my dad, my, my sign book to... Her journal, to yeah. Trish, and Trish, Trish like 50 bucks like for a tour. So the problem... So here's my issue with... Maybe it's intentional, but like she got the math way off in that promo, and I think Trish calls her out on it either oh, yeah, that yeah, yeah. next week or, mm-hmm. or something like that. I don't know if it's intentional to me because she's a heel, but either way... like. If you, it's good, but get your facts straight. Oh, her math teacher was Scott Steiner. What do you expect? Well, Scott oh, Steiner is a mathematician. He, he counts okay? by his the muscles on his um, no, arm. Scott, no. Okay. Do we have to like insert the the, the, the math promo in the middle of this podcast? I don't right think now? we can because it's like copyright. copyright unfortunately. Dang it! Impact Wrestling. Anyway, following that, we had so Baron Corbin had previously made a match because he was all angry about Kurt Angle last week. So he made a match, uh, a handicap match between AOP, the Office of Pain, versus Kurt Angle, who said he didn't have his gear. So he said, so you'll dress up as El Conquistador like he did last week. So we had AOP versus, AOP versus a giant golden guy who we all knew wasn't Kurt Angle. Or at least I hope we all knew it wasn't Kurt Angle. I mean, I definitely knew. I definitely knew. To be mm-hmm. honest, I blinked and missed this. <laughs> I was like, huh? So the match goes on. AOP destroys this guy. Uh, Baron Corbin is sitting on a foldable chair on the stage, quote-unquote, enjoying the massacre. 
And then a bla- oh, Drake Maverick tells him to take the mask off of the Conquistador, and it's just some like jobber. So everyone's like, oh, whatever. Kurt Angle comes out from gorilla position, gives Baron Corbin the. Uh, Good lord. Comes out of the gorilla position <laughs> and gives uh, Baron Corbin the angle slam onto the stage. That was a nice little segment. Kurt Angle, who, by the way, is dressed in like a. Um, a Hawaiian shirt, I'm shorts and sneakers. It's the greatest. I saw that, and I'm like, bro, I'm getting a real Joker, the Killing Joke vibe from him right oh, now. Oh, come on. So don't do that. They did the promo in the back with him, um, Bobby Roode, and, and uh, Chad, Chad Gable. Gable. And Chad was like, we gotta get those hats, man. We gotta get start wearing those hats. But he said his outfit was glorious, something like that. Yeah, he like cut him off, and it was like so offbeat. He was like, it was glorious. Yeah, but they, he that's that's Chad that's Gable's right thing now. right now. It's just yeah, like, but, but even Bobby would look at him like. Right? And then didn't Kringle run into somebody? Yet? Oh, he ran into No Way Jose. Yeah, and he started he doing the, the, the kind of the, yeah, 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 yeah. I was yeah. like, No Way Jose still on Raw? What? The reports are that they're kind of giving up on No Way Jose, which is I feel bad for him. Don't even get me started. He's on no Way Jose. slip, kid. Yeah. Why even bring? No, never mind. Not That's what it. I said. Not doing in it. In my notes, no way, Jose. Question mark? Question mark? Anyway, so following that, we had uh, Ruby Riot and the Riot Squad come out because they had a match. Well, Ruby Riot had a match against Natalia. Natalia comes out at first by herself, and then she goes, "Yo, you have your backup. Don't think that I didn't come without backup." And so she brings out Bailey, and I'm like, "Didn't we hear this music already? Didn't we do this already? I saw Bailey. This is like why, the third time Bailey? Bailey was out. It was like, right. like, like two weeks ago. So I'm like, it's we like had a, a, a double signing Alicia Fox. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. You're 100 right. <laughs> like, yo, why, why do we need a daily double? A Bailey double? No, come on, a Bailey double. You got a smirk out of me. Continue. That's I'm no, I'm not, no, I'm not going to give. Come you on, that's good. Just keep going. Oh, no sell. Anyway, I'll give you that one. So then she was like, oh, but wait, there's more. And then she doesn't even finish getting out her line, and then Sasha's music hits. So it's kind of anticlimactic because it's kind of all over each other. Yeah. And then, of course, you get, you know, what's his face, Michael Cole. It's boss time! Bro, that drives me nuts. I hate when he says that. Vintage Sasha. Legit boss, boys. I'm a little disappointed that she didn't get a little bit more fanfare upon her Mm. return. She was gone for a while. She's one of your top female wrestlers on Raw, and you kind of just like, oh yeah, and Sasha. Okay, cool. Anyway, so Natalia and Ruby Ryan had a relatively decent match. These are two girls who know how, two women, excuse me, who know how to wrestle. They've yeah, been because, doing it for years, technical, yeah. you know. Yeah, Natalia has been trained by the Hart Foundation, and Ruby Ryan had a long stint on the indies yeah. as Heidi Lovelace, as you like to state out in every podcast. You know what I love is that I don't have to do it anymore. You just do it for me. I think me. you do it for him every week now. Right? It's You're, great. He doesn't even bring it up. It's just, great. I don't even have to. I could just, just let it be, and then Jeremy will just do it for me. So they had a, they had a good match, because, you know, again, why wouldn't these two women have a good match? Mm-hmm. Uh, ends in a DQ when Natalia has Ruby in the sharpshooter, and uh, then Sarah, Sarah Logan, Logan comes in right. and gives her the uh, chop block to the knee. Uh, they all kind of fight each other. Ends with faces on top after a bank statement into a uh, Bailey to Bailey suplex. Bailey to Bailey suplex, excuse me, on Sarah Logan. Sure. Right? Yeah. So that was that segment. I'm wondering if this is finally the beginnings of the tag team that they're going to hopefully announce at Evolution or something. Evolution's when, next weekend. They're going to announce the tag titles the night of Evolution, and they're going to have a whole tournament during the night. Oh, that'd be no. terrible. <laughs> we'll talk about bad tournaments later on. <laughs> <in the night. laughs> All right? 
So then moving moving on after that, we had Elias cutting his uh, typical Elias, you know, playing guitar, running down the hometown crowd segment thing. He was looking for his green pick, and he couldn't find it. Oh, yeah. Backstage looking for his green pick, but then he had it all along. He was like, bad boy. Let me, okay, as a guitar player, let me tell you, I'm so angry at him for smacking all those picks away. Do you have any idea how hard it is to find your pick after you drop it? How about to pick up the pick? After you, yo, bro, picks are a nightmare. I, I kid you not, I find picks all over the place. Those are all his picks, though. I've played so the bass for three days, and I wrote one riff, and it was a nightmare. <laughs> Dude, I'm t- I find picks in my shoes, in my bathroom, in, like, my hair. I don't know. It's weird. Your wallet. Yeah, I find... Bro. That's where you put your picks. No, he no. no, he didn't. He just had picks in his wallet. I just, I just take my... Oh, look, there's a guitar pick in here. Okay, yeah. cool. Thanks. My small stint with guitars in high school, I, uh... Threw some picks in my wallet, and that's pretty much where I kept them. That's adorable. It was. I kept. You know. You know how like jeans have that little pocket right above the big pocket. Coin pocket. The coin pocket. Yeah. I put my picks in there. That's where I keep my picks. I forget about that pocket all the time. No, that's my pick. I lose like tic tacs to that. I actually just. Come no, come on! I reacted. (laughs) I reacted to pick pockets. Jesus. Oh my lord. (laughs) It's a good night for the. That one flew right over my head. It's a good night for the Punisher. The, the main event segment of the night was Braun, Drew, and uh, Dean. No, Dolph. Sorry, you didn't actually speak about how this match was even set up. You know what? You're 100 percent right. Skipped Jeremy. right over it. I am very sorry. You're very right, sir. Um, when we had the previous qualifying match between Dean Ambrose and Dolph Ziggler, um, after the match, Dean and Seth were arguing. Roman comes out to try and break up the argument. Baron Corbin comes out and he's like, Shields are going to break up on my watch. And I'm we're going to have sure the same gonna... six-man tag for the last two weeks. Even though I'm pretty sure Baron Corbin's whole thing was trying to break up the Shield, but whatever. So then he calls for another six-man tag match, even though both Seth, Dean, Drew, Dolph were all in matches. Yeah, that's, I was like, why? First of all, they didn't announce this in the beginning of the night, did they? No, no, no. no this, this was made this was, right after that match. This yeah. was WWE presents Raw Groundhog Day, double down on all the wrestlers. So that's what it really was. I was like, why? They had matches already, man. It's anyway, anyway. So that was the main event. We had um, these two teams go at it one more time. And look, these six wrestlers are not going to put on an awful match, but. We can't keep watching the same match over and over and over. I, I, I was I was not invested. The 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 saving grace of this match was the turmoil stuff that they were playing. Mm-hmm. Dean and Seth, where Dean actually kicks Seth and sets him up for the for the dirty deeds, but that gets interrupted. And then uh, Braun getting hit with the Claymore kick by accident at first in the middle of a match by um, by Drew McIntyre. And then after the match is over, so the match. The shield goes over by giving Dolph the shield powerbomb, the triple powerbomb. Mm-hmm. After the match, uh, Braun lays into Dolph Ziggler, gives him the running power slam. He's like, I told you, I warned you about being the weakest link, blah, blah, blah. After he does that, when, he, he, when Braun is getting up, yeah, he as he's eats getting up, he eats Drew McIntyre Claymore kick. I mean, it, I mean, I just love the Claymore kick. Ooh. I don't find it as an effective finisher, but I, I love it. With his so, size, when he hits it flush, how does that not a convincing finisher? It's a kick. Yeah, but a dude that big jumping and kicking you square in the face. And the way he does it, it's like he kind of like your face is here and his knees here, and then he kind of extends and kicks. It's, 
Anyway. Since we're talking about Drew, I just want to touch on this real quick. I really like the way he looked in this match. Um, he came out really strong. Mm-hmm. And... The whole night they booked him strong. I, mm-hmm. I like that they're kind of breaking up this dynamic they have between the three of them. Mm-hmm. And if they can lead Drew into doing his own single stuff mm-hmm. going forward, if they can reinvent him, because that's what I really want. I want them to reinvent Drew McIntyre. I don't want stuff. a reinvention. No, I, no, 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 no. I, I just want, want to break away from Dolph and then yes. do his own thing. I want him to stop looking like Diesel so much and just become something... He doesn't he's look like anything Diesel. Like Diesel. Diesel. Mm-hmm. Diesel wore leather pants and a tank top that said Diesel and he wore sunglasses. Doesn't he wear like those little... He wears a vest thing. He wears like a a, trench coat. Yeah. No sleeves. It looks nothing like Diesel. It's, I don't know, too familiar to me. Because Shawn Michaels and Dolph Ziggler, that's your whole thing. If you take Dolph out of the equation, you won't see the Diesel thing. I promise you that. I see the Diesel thing more than I do see the Shawn Michaels thing. I don't see it. Actually, you don't see any of it anymore. Now that they're they did this whole dogs of war like six man tag team thing. Yeah. The whole Diesel Sean aspect, aside from us mentioning it like four, five, six, seven podcasts ago, mm. I don't see it anymore. Yeah, no, I agree. Also, Vince was is I was, I say was because when Drew McIntyre was first came, first came up, Vince. Did his whole promo thing. He was the chosen one. He was the chosen one. He was the guy. Mm -hmm. Uh, Vince hasn't changed, in my opinion, now that he's bigger and sweatier. He's better. I didn't get to that part. I'm sorry. He's just muscular right now. Stronger. Bigger. Hairier. A lot better in the ring. A lot better on the mic. He's... Vince can just... Skyrocket. Skyrocket to, to the main event scene. Dude, so, I, I watched yes. like video clips of like... Because I wasn't watching wrestling during mm-hmm. his first run. Mm-hmm. So I've gone back and watched, especially with the 3MB and the fact that they're like... Before, you had to watch before that though. So no, I'm, I've watched some... I'm saying especially because of where they all are now and mm-hmm. seeing where they were then. Mm-hmm. So I've gone back and watched some clips and seeing Drew and his... Like where he was then and what he even... Just, just aesthetically. Mm-hmm. Day and night. Holy shit! That's today's. He's more believable as your top guy mm-hmm. than when Vince was trying to pawn him he's off like as our top six, guy. Six, six, seven, something he's like that. He's a monster. monster. So this leads me into my thought for what they could do if they want to lead a roadmap for the next two months or whatever it is. Okay. I think this is his key to skyrocketing to the top. He's got the opportunity to do it. If, say, Roman drops the title to Braun at um, Crown Jewel. Mm-hmm. Okay. You do Drew and Braun for Survivor Series or something. Um, because he's. I think it's a believable match. And then what you could do with Roman and Dean and Seth is have them fight it out for the IC title. That's under Roman Reigns, though. That doesn't make any sense. Why would he? Why would? We, why would he not invoke first? Invoke his rematch clause because mm-hmm. he could do that a, lot, a later date. Th- that yeah. doesn't make any sense. Yeah, think about how Vince loves Roman. And Roman sells merch. He's going to keep Roman in the main event scene as long as he can. We're probably going to get Drew and Braun in their own no-stakes program first. I think that would be a match at Survivor Series. I can see that. I, th- I still think that they're going to do champion versus champion for the shows. I wouldn't be surprised if they're Series. on the same team. And There's some turmoil. Yeah. I, I'm i saying this now, and I know that we're not doing predictions for the Royal Rumble yet, of but course. my pick... Oh, I can see that. It's Drew McIntyre. Oh. Drew McIntyre is winning the Royal Rumble this year. So we, we have Jeremy Next. going on record 
on October 16th, <laughs> 2018, Great. calling Drew as his pick for the Royal Rumble. And I'm not mad at it. Are you allowed to change it, by the way? I can change it, but... You can change I, it. But, but, I but if he's it. right, but if he, if he sticks with it and he's right, bro, we've got like... He's got months on this. Whew. So I'm just... I have... I have. I'm he's mad my, at he's it. my strong pick. I'm mad at it. But we've been wrong before. I as you normally I, are. I digress. <laughs> I digress. Anyway, so... That yeah. pretty much wrapped up Raw. Raw. And Tuesday was... SmackDown 1000, Maddie Bizzle. Tell us what happened. So, SmackDown 1000, they open up the show. They show a little package of across the years of SmackDown. Um, little Attitude Era stuff, little Ruthless Grusher stuff, leading into the PGs. Awesome montage. And leading up to SmackDown 1000, they had um, a lot of stuff they've been putting out. They put out the little Eddie Guerrero thing on YouTube. And um, they put out like Which great yeah. little documentary. Did you watch it? No, I can't because I'll cry, dude. I swear to God, I'll cry. When they I got to the part of him dying, whoo! I was like, I'm, <coughs> I'm not crying. <coughs> when I watched uh, uh, his uh, stealing life and cheating death documentary, I cried. It was um, they they've been doing a lot for for leaning into Smack the Thousand. So they start the show off with, of course, the iconic interview series on SmackDown. Taking it all by storm with True TV. <laughs> Carmella, our truth in the ring. How do they start it off? Dance break. I'm going to interrupt real quick because the Miz beat our truth already. There should be no True you're right, TV. You're right. When you're right, you're right. Listen, it was picked up by Netflix and it's a new series. <laughs> Bro. Man, keep going. So they have their first guest, and there's a little confusion. For some reason, it looked like in their eyes. Hey, Carmella looked confused. She was like, this is not who it's supposed to be. Stephanie McMahon comes out. Boo. First GM of SmackDown. She, she got booed it. hard. Yeah. Everyone hates her, apparently. Of course. About uh, 10 seconds later, Shane O'Max theme comes out. Yeah. Here comes the money. I ain't gonna front. I got a little hype. Yeah. He's always got some cool kicks. He was wearing... Uh, oh, you know he gets custom sneakers, dude, right? Well, he was wearing a uh, pink... This time for the breast cancer, breast cancer and they all have bad. A lot of superstars have bad, like the the breast cancer the ribbons, ribbons. Yeah, they, on their jackets. Is that or the Susan G. Komen, mm-hmm. the pimp that she is? Mm-hmm. Anyway, um, yeah. So then they cut a little promo. They start disputing. Who else comes out? Vince McMahon, Pop, but the, Pop gen- City. the genetic jackhammer, <laughs> the strike, the strut. I swear, I I feel. Like, after he th- hit a certain age, he just stopped Great aging. Grapefruits. He's just like, oh, I'm old now. And I'm always like this. Ugh. But. Dude doesn't age. Uh, no, Shane is aged. I'm pretty sure he eats babies. And he eats babies. Surprise. South Park? Yeah, yeah bro. South Park. That's part of his like protein shake before he goes to the gym, son. Throw some fetus in there, some stem cells, call it a day. Dear Jesus. <laughs> Someone. Sorry. This is a children's show. Hey, God, we're almost at Halloween, show. right? We're almost at Halloween, right? We gotta get dark up in here. Ugh. Anyway. So. How do they continue it on? Another dance break. It's a new dance breaks on this show. Right in the middle of the dance break, they get back and they go to AJ Styles coming out. Um, I'm I, I'm not gonna front. Happy AJ Styles is on the show. Happy AJ Styles wrestled on SmackDown for the first time in like a while. A while. Yeah. Um, done with the whole Samoa Joe, uh, Wendy Styles. I'm sneaking into your oh, house. The new Wendy. daddy. Is Samoa dead? Cause he no, he's, he, he's hurt. Oh, he's oh, hurt. he is. Oh. Ding dong, didn't see that. Hello. So, uh, so AJ was in a tag match. 
tonight with Daniel Bryan and the Usos versus the Usos. Versus the Usos. Yes, they went. That's what the match was. It was, it was a tag match with the Usos. Yes, it was tagging against the Usos. Right. Sorry, AJ Styles <laughs> and Daniel Bryan versus the Usos. There you go. Um, it was cool. It was uh, what do you call it? It went on for fifteen minutes or so. So little. And then um, yeah, I, I blinked and missed the ending, but. Then they went to... Well, AJ and Daniel a- Bryan kind of bumped into each other inadvertently. Uh, Daniel Bryan well, um, kicked AJ. I know they were both no, laid the Usos, out. Right? Uh, super, uh, well, one of the Usos, I don't remember if it was Jimmy or Jay, kicked AJ out. Or he bumped AJ No, out. no, no. Daniel Bryan, I think, went to hit one of the Usos or got bumped into AJ, something like that. When AJ got up... There was a double super kick. That's what it was, that's, double that's super kick to Daniel Bryan. Okay. And Daniel Bryan ate the pin. Yep. Um, that was the end of that match. Came back and began the series of promos that we've seen for SmackDown 1000. Um, Evolution comes out. Ric Flair, Randy Orton, Batista, Triple H. Um, first time they've ever been on SmackDown together as a stable. Mm-hmm. Um, Evolution was pioneers for the Ruthless Aggression era. For when I was growing up, they were the powerhouse set. Hunter was, you know, the man. He was the top dog of the company at the time. Um, And he was bringing these guys up. And so they start a little promo talking about the epitome of evolution, um, what it means to constantly do better and evolve. And um, Randy cut the little promo, takes a dig at Dave. So, um, okay, so I'm glad you mentioned that. Yeah. When they came out as Evolution, first of all, I'm glad they all came out together and we didn't get individual And they came out, line of the sand. They all came out together yep. to their entrance music. And the first thing Jeremy says is, man, I don't like that Randy Orton's coming out out of character. I'm just like, what are you going to do? It's whatever, it's Evolution. Yeah. And then he starts cutting his promo and he is fully engulfed in his current Randy Orton iteration. I know. You, once you mentioned that to me, I was like, okay, I'll shut up. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, oh, I let that, I let, because you know what? He could have very easily just been like, oh, well, you know, we're doing this, like, detached segment, you know, we're pandering mm-hmm. to the crowd. Oh. No. He was like, he, he played both. Mm-hmm. He was still Evolution guy, but he was still being like, oh, I'm like, like he's still being an arrogant Cement, heel. Cementing his legacy. In yeah, yeah, blah, yeah, blah, yeah blah, exactly. Whatever. Which is kind of what he's been spewing since... His heel turn. I, so, I like that. I appreciate that. I think this Evolution... Them bringing Evolution felt kind of weird being on SmackDown. Because mm-hmm. they... they like kind I said, of this, weird? This is the first time Evolution as a whole has been on SmackDown. I, yeah, that's why I was like... However... For me, it wasn't... It was super weird. I think it was a can, vehicle. What brought... It was a vehicle. And that's my next point. Um, so, Hunter's had his time on SmackDown. Mm-hmm. Very short in the beginning of mm-hmm. the... In the mm-hmm. start of SmackDown. And then he came over in like 2008 or something. Mm-hmm. And ran, start a run. Um, Orton had his run on SmackDown from Still like currently is on SmackDown for now. He flip flopped for a while. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't think Rick was ever. He, I think he was the Rick only. Rick was the only one that was never really on SmackDown. I think he had a few matches when he was doing his career ending hippity hoppity. From every match was a career ending match if he lost a match. I was I was actually thinking, did he ever even perform on SmackDown? I'm sure he did, but it was it's few and far between. Yeah, right. Yeah, but for me. When I think of SmackDown, one of the names that's synonymous with that brand is D- Batista. Right. Um, growing up, he was he pi- he was the head of that brand, mm-hmm. and he was my world champion. Like when I think of mm-hmm. that, so 
they all cut that. They, they didn't really all cut promos like that. They all it said was just something. They said something. Said something uh, or Randy, just like wooing around Batista. a lot. Basically, Ric Flair was Rick just wooed and basically just wooed, yeah. wooed his way through the whole thing. Rick said something and that just made no sense to me. I was like, all right. Oh yeah, Jeremy and goes like incoherent old man rambling. The ramblings of an old man. <laughs> oh, oh, so the ramblings of a senile old man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was like God. So anyway, so Dave starts and he's like I don't know what I really wanted to say what if I wanted to grab this mic and he was like I love you fans I love revolution it's like um, I love wrestling I love uh, <laughs> comic books <laughs> I, I love, love I love lamp I love Dave, french fries Dave do you actually love lamp or are you just saying that? <laughs> I love lamp I love lamp because I am Drax but um he uh he highlighted you know Hunter's run as champion when they were coming out they mentioned as totally, we're 49 world champions. Yeah, it's insane. Titles. That is... Yeah, because they each have at least, like, 10. 10. All, Except I think Dave. I think Batista has, like, like 7 or something like Devin that. Devin has, like, Dave has, like, 8 or something. Because she's been there the least amount of time. Yeah. Out of all four. However... At the least amount of time in the business. Which is funny how, I how like, Randy points out, like, he's like, uh, you, you spend more time in a chair, oh, in a makeup, makeup chair. chair, but... For me, Dave is more synonymous with that brand than the rest of those. So, before we get any further, I, I want to point out something that I think is really cool about WWE, professional wrestling, SmackDown. We're talking about SmackDown 1000. And Jeremy and I are a little older than you. Mm-hmm. We grew up during the Attitude Era. We you know we watched the first episode of SmackDown. Mm-hmm. We were there for that. Uh, you came in, you're a little younger, so like... Your WWE is Ruthless Aggression. Right. And on. I think of the fist, you guys think of the oval. Right. But what I think is interesting, and this is kind of where we're like, where we we kind of uh, mix in, and at the same time, it's where we differ, is who what wrestlers we think of when we think of SmackDown, mm-hmm. right? Jeremy, I don't want to speak for you, but I feel like if we talk about brand split SmackDown, we're thinking of the SmackDown Six. We're thinking Kurt, we're thinking Edge, the Guerreros, Mysterio, and um, who am I missing? I don't know if we're allowed. To. Chris Benoit. Oh, and Benoit. Oh, yeah. Sorry, and Benoit. You know, we think SmackDown. Well, we probably. I mean, again, I'm not speak for you, Jeremy, but I think SmackDown six. Benoit's Benoit's stint on SmackDown was very short. For see, no. and, and, and this I is mean, what I'm it, talking it about. Flopped. And this is what I'm talking about is that because of the the difference in in age here, mm-hmm. you you get different iterations of what SmackDown and who SmackDown means to each fan. Mm-hmm. Again, to us, SmackDown meant the SmackDown 6. It meant, okay, Raw's going to be like your shiny show, and SmackDown's going to be where the wrestling is at. Mm-hmm. You know? And then, for you, you think more Batista, Cena, JBL. Right? I mean, I wouldn't say Cena so much. Um, I mean, Cena's got to start there, but he's shot. I was thinking about it. SmackDown created the stars, and Raw let them shine in a lot of I, ways. I, I'm happy that you said SmackDown created the stars. Mm-hmm. I feel like SmackDown created the stars, like you said, and then Raw stole them. I agree. And just like used them for what they needed them for. And, and they still do that. Look at what them is. Oh, with, of course. With Dave and Randy, it was kind of the opposite. Yeah, they were ways. made on Raw, Raw and then they and went they to went SmackDown. SmackDown. Um, when I think of SmackDown, I do think of Batista, but I think about like your flag bearers, Eddie Guerrero. Kurt Angle as the World Heavyweight Champion, so The saying. Undertaker, Edge, uh, of course. Batista, John Cena, the guy has started. You yeah. can't forget yeah. JBL, sure. Rey Mysterio, yeah. like these guys. And then again, we're older than uh, than 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 Matty Bizzle is. Jericho, 
The Rock, yeah, DX stuff, Re- Stone this Cold, pre like, split when they were just oh, this is sharing. Just one show. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's just one show. It, I have, it, it's it's different eras for me, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, of Ever, course. But all that it, when I think of SmackDown, I think about the older stuff. Yeah, I think about the you know the the ruthless aggression stuff. I, I think still about this picture stuff like Stone Cold in front of the the ovals and stuff. Here's the, the thing: glass shatter. The oval stuff wasn't really part of the. It was like pre-brand split. Yeah, that's there was no split. there was no brand split at that time. It was yeah. just they would show up on both shows. I think that's why when I think split. of SmackDown, I think of the brands being split. Mm-hmm. And no, I, I don't. That's the thing. Them as two mm-hmm. separate entities in a lot of ways. I don't. When I think about brand split, mm-hmm. I I honestly because I'm a super fanboy, um, I think of AJ Styles. Okay. I think of I don't think of SmackDown. Mm-hmm. I think of SmackDown Live. Gotcha. Because mm-hmm. there is a difference. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think of. Not SmackDown UPN nine. No, that, when I'm when I'm thinking of that, I'm thinking about nostalgia. Yeah, mm-hmm. I'm thinking pre brand split, pre uh, invasion angle, right. pre everything. Just mm-hmm. wrestling attitude era, golden age of wrestling, in my opinion. I mean, it's For not us, technically the golden age, but yeah. Well, there's their golden age, and then there was. Well, we can. Well, that's that's twenty four karat gold right there. <laughs> I agree. I agree. And in attitude era, I don't care. You know, Hugo said it before. You know, people who who love the attitude era live in the past, and they do. Sure. Oh no, they. Oh, this glass is. This glass would have been better in the attitude era. Which I mean, we'll if we go back and watch some of the attitude era, we. Oh, I don't know. Well, the rest of it was there, but in terms of promo work. It was. I think it's definitely the most entertaining era of professional wrestling. We had a bunch of by far, a bunch think, of talkers there. Yeah. I think what plays into that too is there was one brand, so they were all together. They were all one. It was just yeah. WWE, so they, you had your Triple H, you had all the Stone two holes. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And but you know, what, let's let's move on because we still got right. a lot of SmackDown to talk about of for course. SmackDown 1000. So oh, just hold on. I'm sorry. Before Dave Batista, six championship reigns. Okay, thank you. Six. So he's the only one not in double digits. The world heavyweight and world the heavyweight, two WWE championships. So he's the only one not in double digits. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. Makes sense. Um, but yeah, no. Um, so Dave uh, ends up co- ending the promo with, uh, you know, he was like, Hunter's got 16 titles or 14 titles. Randy's got 13 titles. Rick's got 16 titles. They all did these great things. Hunter, you've accomplished a lot. He said, you, 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 said you did have, everything there is to do in the business. Except beat me. Except beat me. And that was when I marked, marked out. So I was like, I can't wait for this. Because I started watching wrestling because of Batista versus Triple H. Gotcha. That was the main event for WrestleMania, my first WrestleMania. Right. And that trilogy of matches they had that year, WrestleMania 21, Backlash 2005, and Hell in a Cell 2005. They had... Such a great chemistry because of everything that came prior to it. Not, and then Batista moved over to SmackDown, mm-hmm. and he built that brand up from there up to me. So yeah. So what I th- so I said earlier that I thought this was a vehicle, and I think this is a vehicle because uh, Batista has mentioned before. Batista has mentioned before that in like in interviews outside that he wants to come back to WWE and he wants to be back full time. He wants to do a promo. He wants to do a program with Triple H. So, thinking to myself, why is Evolution on SmackDown? Well, it's in his hometown. Fair. SmackDown 1000. Yep. If Batista's going to come back, and you're going to use, like, what better way... Plant the seeds. To plant the seeds for this, 
then have Evolution appear mm-hmm. in his hometown in this big show, and then have them have him make that remark on his ba- on his brand on his right on his brand. Mm-hmm. Have them give each other the side eye and all that stuff. And now he planted the seeds for maybe hopefully he signs the deal, and you know we get. Batista back full time doing his program Triple H like he wants. Makes me think. Do you think that was um, planned that that ticket hunter, or do you think yeah. he just threw oh, 100%. it in there? Yeah. Oh, okay. No, one hundred percent. I think a lot of the rambling in between may not have been planned because that went out for a bit. Right. <laughs> no one has car blanche to go and poop all over Triple H. Oh yeah, no. The well, I didn't poop. They hugged it out. At the yeah, end. It was but, kind yeah of but that comment. Well, there's no way he's getting away with that comment unless it was pre-planned. I mean, unless I, he did, unless he plans to never step foot in WWE ring ever again. I don't know. Maybe maybe he dropped it just to be like, "What's the crowd reaction? Let's see what happens." You can't. Mm. You can't do that. Vince is not gonna let. If dude, if that wasn't planned, you can best believe you will never see him in a ring ever again for WWE. Well, Dave's kind of been doing his own fu stuff a lot recently. Mm, yeah, but the thing is, it's like a lot he, of people. If he wants to be he back in the back. WWE, he's he not do going that. to ruin his chance to come. back. He wouldn't back. do that. Doesn't make any sense. I, I also, before we we go into the next segment, I enjoyed Batista saying. Uh, I'm happy that you guys are cheering for me, and you know I love when you guys cheer for me or boo for me when you were going, you were cheering, and then you were calling me Blue Tista, uh, Boo Tista. Uh, I, I I almost lost it. But <laughs> I, I I started losing it when he started making the references to uh, Ric Flair, and oh. his and his and his checkered past. Yes, <laughs> he was like, what isn't there? What is there uh, to be said about Ric Flair that you guys already don't know, or is there? And then they start laughing. He goes, yeah, keep it in your pants. And I was like, no. yo, what are you doing? So what happened was Rick put his fist out for a fist bump, and Dave yeah, didn't yeah, see it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So then he, like, touched his hand, and, and Dave was like, put that thing away. I was, you know, I was weak. He's like, keep but, it in your pants. Well, I was you like, You guys yo. do know the story from the uh, the plane ride from hell? Yeah, of course. Yeah, where, where uh, Rick Flair was himself. completely nude. In Running his, up and down the airplane. In his just robe. Uh-huh. Like, Vince, in his Rick Flair robe. Completely nude. Was that the same plane that the flight that like Kane and Brock Lesnar got into a wrestling match? Oh uh, no, that was Kurt uh, Kurt Henning and (laughs) Kurt uh, Henning and and Brock Lesnar and Brock Lesnar and could have killed everybody. Yeah, why? Because like Brock Lesnar almost made a hole in the plane. No, they um well Kurt they were fighting. I don't I don't remember about what, but they they were tussling with each other and they slammed into the emergency uh, exit. Oh my lord. Yeah. Like 25,000 feet in the air. Bro, if that door opens, you're all getting sucked out. No more WWE. Well, <laughs> no more of those wrestlers that were on that plane, for sure. No more WWE. <laughs> yeah, because Linda McMahon was also on that flight. No more WWE. Damn. Yeah, it, they, they, that's why it's called the plane ride from hell. Yeah. Anyway. Can we get back so, to SmackDown 1000, please? Back to SmackDown 1000. <laughs> Match number two of the night. Which are very far, <laughs> far few between. Um, Miz defeats Rusev. Now, this is one of those matches where... You blink and you missed it. Literally. Um, job or entrance for both? Job or entrance for both. And what was it, a roll-up? Yep. Well, and Aiden English tights. came out and distracted Rusev by grabbing his leg. He turns around. Miz schoolboys him, holds it tight to one, two, three. Miz literally runs out. High five. Aiden English has his hands up in the air <laughs> for no reason. Miz runs by, sneaks by the barricade, jumps up, high fives Aiden English, bolts it to the back. <laughs> It was so quick you could you 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 would have missed it. Yo, that high five was everything wrestling is meant to be for. That so, high five was life. So and that uh, yeah. So that meant Miz qualified for the World Cup tournament. Yes. Um, and that ended that little scene. On to the next promo of the night. Um, 
Cutting Edge, the return of Adam Col- uh, Copeland. Edge. Um, edge. Um, rated R Superstar, who created that whole persona on the brand. He, um, you know, he pulled out his little stuff with Vicky Guerrero. He had Kurt Hawkins, Zack Ryder. Well, he, he solidified his brand on SmackDown. I mm-hmm. think it was created on Raw. Yeah, yeah that's true. He created it with Lita on Raw. That was really uh, he a He had the R Spinner title. That was cool. Ugh, that was Ish. not cool. It was cool. Anything spinner title was not cool. Really? I liked when they stopped. The oh, when it stopped, stopped spinning, spinning it was, and it was just it was too blinged out for me, though. It, well, yes, but I like that he d- did his own thing with because they didn't do that for any other. I like spinner that, belts. That's what I liked about Cena doing the spinner belt. It was like the first time since the, the smoking skull belt mm-hmm. that we've seen like a personalized championship belt, right. and yeah. it just became the championship belt. And I was mm-hmm. like, okay, cool. And yeah, Edge had his. Right after that, and then they went back to the... the well, when The Miz was one. champion, he had the, the upside, M, down. upside down WWE symbol. Did, did they stick it? Did it, did it get stuck? Because I missed that. No. No, it was no. still on the spinner, right? No, I think it was just... Well, it was, oh, no, yeah, it was, it was placed. Yeah, it was, it was upside placed, down. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. So, um, Edge comes out. Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. sorry, I didn't mean to. No. Um, Edge comes out, starts the um, his little interview podcast thing. Who comes out? Becky Lynch. Um, so... talk show? Sure. That's what it is. call it a podcast. Listen, I'm on a monster and some abuterol right now. Don't do drugs, kids. Um, abuterol is for asthma. Yes. I'm asthmatic. (laughs) He's talking about monster. (laughs) (laughs) Can we proceed, please? So, So, Becky Lynch comes out. She sits down. Ed starts cutting this little promo about how, um, you don't want to destroy your friendships. Um, I feel like I've been into your seat before. I toppled over a lot of people to get to the top and it wasn't really worth it I think you should rethink this whole thing you're doing with Charlotte Becky's like no uh, well because Edge goes, I'm sorry Edge finishes his thing with saying if you keep going down this path you're going to turn around you're not going to like yourself right and she goes you're right I don't, I like, don't myself. like myself I love, I love myself. myself and crap pop yeah I don't like Becky Lynch in this whole like heel thing she seems like a weasel Weasel to me, in my opinion. She needs a she needs an actual, real, pinfall win. There okay. is for me. I feel like Becky Lynch, week after week after week, is just a one liner. Like she'll just drop one good line, and everything else to me is just, meh. I okay, think, whatever. Agree to disagree. And this week's line was probably the most savage line, in her entire heel run right now Mm. where she's like you know what you can do you can get out of my ring yeah yeah. and don't hurt your neck on the way out I was was like like, yo why you do this right (laughs) why why you gotta be so rude yo I was like what a savage so so yeah so then Charlotte comes out and uh, they brawl it out in the ring she comes out and she starts talking spears her uh, they have to get the refs involved, um, tear them all off. Of oh, it wasn't other. even the refs. They got they brought out the producers. They brought out Jamie, Jamie Noble. Noble they brought out Fit Finley. I'm saying here. Did, did, was Road Dog out there? I didn't see Road Dog. Who? No, he wasn't out there. But I, I saw I saw Jamie Noble and he's Yo, looking my at man Jeremy. Just screams out, "Mia!" I was like, <laughs> "Come on, man!" I was like, "Finley's over here." I thought Finley loved to fight. Remember that was his whole thing? My, My name's, name's Finley, Finley, and, and I, I love, love to, to fight. fight. 
And he's, I'm like, yo, let him fight. I thought you loved to fight. What's going on here? You put a suit on, now you don't like fighting anymore? What's going on here? <laughs> and Needia stuff had me beat, though. Needia. Needia. I was like, yo, I'm, done. I'm about to leave. I was about to go home. I was like, yeah, you done, son. You done too much. But that was the end of that. And then on to the next match of the night. Tag team titles are on the line. It is The Bar and the, versus The New Day. Um, it was Xavier and... Um, Biggie. Biggie, right? uh, The biggest of these. The biggest... The biggest... <laughs> the, 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 the ease... He's a big. Easy big. Anyway. So, they were uh, in their little match. Kofi was on the side. There was a point where Aiden English... Had eight in English. English. Not, not even in Bro, match. what match are you on? I don't know what I'm, I'm talking about. Well, Sheamus. Jesus. I'm sorry. They're all Lord very white. Jesus. Very white. Yeah, they're very all very white. white. Okay? <laughs> I was thinking of the scene, and I'm just like, there's a ghost in the ring. Okay? I just, anyway. Yo, Sheamus yo, does Imagine eight in English and Sheamus are in the tag team together. Oh, God. They're just going to be the missing lights, the whole match. The white, bright lights. White noise. White noise. Oh, man. The phantoms. Phantom. That that should be the next gimmick they go with. A translucent ass. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> so Seamus does a roll up. He um legs on the rope, and Kofi knocks him off. He's like, "Y'all not gonna win like that. Not like that. Nah, not like that's that." That's not happening. And then um, Cesaro knocks him out. Mm-hmm. There there was another announce table on the side as well. He there was, was the yes. new king and the new day. Broker. Well, the New Day announce, announce table. They have their own very... Did they bring their own announce team? Because it was, it was King mm. and Booker. Was, so. Well, they're usually on commentary for tag team matches. Mm. But uh, they had King and... Uh, Jerry the King Lawler and Booker T, which is one of the things I was upset about. Uh, I discussed with um, the Poetarian candidate over here. I don't like that they did not have Taz, who is a staple mm. on SmackDown announcing. This is true. I understand that... Taz has the, you know, he has his issues with the WWE and vice or vice versa, but he did a, um, what the heck is this called? Like a video kind of thing on the network for ECW with Tommy Dreamer, the Dudleys, and him mm-hmm. himself. Mm-hmm. So I was like, why? If you did that, why couldn't you come off? Yeah, but that's know? different. Like he's got, he has he like he has love for ECW. Like that's where yeah. you got to start. Like ECW is a special thing to be like, hey Taz, come do SmackDown One Thousand. He's not gonna come do that. He did SmackDown for a long time. It's, you know, it's just for me because I love Taz a on on I don't disagree with you. And we were talking about it when we were watching SmackDown. I'm like, yeah, you're also not gonna bring back you know uh, Joey Styles. You're not gonna bring back Michael Cole for one night. You're not gonna bring yeah. back like again. Just well, like, they don't need those people. You're not gonna bring back because Michael Cole, Michael Cole, Michael Cole was the voice of SmackDown for him and Taz. Were, him and Taz were, were, were the voice, but we can get rid of Michael because he sucks. Tired over there. Okay. Yeah. So maybe my match striker too. We should have Funaki. I was pissed we didn't get Funaki. Number one, SmackDown, SmackDown number one That or The Rock. Which don't um, get, yo? Don't even get me started on The Rock. I'm about to walk out of here. Did they show? They showed the the, the tweet, tweet at this point, yeah. right? He was like, "Oh, I brought it to Vince." I uh, said we're gonna smack down on the night anyway. The so, man should have been on the show. He should. So the WWE should have paid for his flight. You bring the guy out to DC, let him come in the ring, say you know, welcome to the thousandth episode of the Rock Show. The Rock Show. Let him say his and piece the and then walk show. out. Yeah, sure. How is the Rock not on this? Yo, I'm done with this podcast. Anyway, um, Big Show comes out. Choke slams. Big Show come before you finish. Big Show came out. 
And I look at, at Mr. Uh, Will the Thrill, and I go, bro, you know, Big Joe Hill turn right now. <laughs> and he goes, you're absolutely right. <laughs> Comes over, stands over Kofi, grabs him, chokes hands him. And I'm like, oh my God, i <laughs> And uh, Xavier was no- nowhere to be seen. I don't know where he went. He was like missing for that segment. He took like a bump and then that's it. Like, he died. Went to, went to the abyss. <laughs> Russell, every podcast? Are you kidding me? We're not talking about impact. He was sad about this. Xavier, I guess. Well, I think Russell's defending Xavier Woods. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but um, then the bar wins. Uh, Seamus gets the pin, right? Yeah, Biggie, Biggie was distracted about what happened to Kofi. So he's all like angry. He turns around. He's if like, you're angry, why turn? Anyway, he, he turns around. He's staring he at eats, He eats a, 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 a big boot, whatever it's called. No, no, the bro kick. Thank you, the there bro kick. Go. I was say like bruise, but that can't be right. The ghost kick. <laughs> the bruise. <laughs> the bro kick and uh, one, two, three. New tag champs. Ding, ding, ding. Which and is funny because as soon as they announced the match, I think I don't remember which one of us said it first to each other, Jeremy. But we we're just like, title changer. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, it's got to be. So. Then they do like a little NWO thing, Cesaro and. Um, well, they've always, Cesaro and Sheamus have been doing that to each other. Right, but then they so have Big Show in the middle with both titles, holding it over them. And I go, look, and it's Braun, it's Drew, and it's Dolph. And oddly enough, there was a spot where they panned the camera to the corner, or <laughs> you could see the table, like where everyone was laid out on the table. Mm-hmm. And it was all three Big E, Kofi, and Xavier laying knocked out on the table. And I was like, Two, two of them weren't there before. I don't know what happened here. Bro, they were just know. cold, and I was like, all right. Well, mm-hmm. that was the end of that. And then um, Rey Mysterio comes out. Uh, it's uh, Rey Mysterio versus Shinsuke. Final World Cup qual- qualifier. qualifier for Crown Jewel. Yeah. Which they haven't... They, they purposely are not saying it's going to be we'll, in Saudi Arabia. We'll, we'll, talk we'll, about Crown Jewel. we'll talk about Crown Jewel later. Following this. Um, so, Rey Mysterio comes out, Shinsuke comes out, and they put on their clinic for 15 minutes. Something like that, 15-ish. And, um, there was, there was a couple really cool spots, um, Rey being a pioneer of SmackDown as well. Yeah. Like you said, he was SmackDown 6. Yeah. He was always there for the brand. Yeah. He always, like, tried to innovate either cruiserweight division. For me, he was always a large part of the tag division. Whether he was with Edge, Eddie, whether he was Edge. with Eddie, whether he was with Batista, yeah, because um, he took over as Dave's tag partner when Eddie passed. Because Eddie and Dave were tag. When you're as talented up. as Ray is, like you could put him much pretty much you put him with pretty mm-hmm. much anybody, and he's gonna like you're gonna get a good tag team out of it. He's just a fantastic and, wrestler, and I think that that's what helped make the tag title such a top top of the line uh, championship. I mean, yeah. Well, and this goes right. back to the to the the SmackDown Six. Mm-hmm. Those six guys, they would create teams mm-hmm. amongst the six of them and just trade the tag belts. And you're not gonna get better wrestling than those six guys going. All right, this is what we're gonna do on SmackDown, and we're we're gonna hold the tag titles, and the other four can do whatever. Mm-hmm. It just it is what it is. Yep. And um. Yeah, so there was a spot where Ray slid under the ropes oh, onto cool. like a body slap. That was really awesome. Um, there was a they ended the match with Ray delivering a six one nine Shinsuke. 
He did the 619 into Shinsuke. And, and then a frog splash. It was a springboard frog splash, which yeah. was weird looking. I mean, he's done. He's known for doing springboards right after the 619. Yeah, didn't he used to do the, the leg drop? No, it was like a... He did do the leg drop. Yeah. Yeah. He But then he did, um... He did like a body he's, splash. He's okay. the, uh, um... Not a Frankensteiner, but a Hurricane Rana. Right. Yeah. Into the, to the, the pin. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. He's just too old for that stuff now, I guess. He can still thing. do it. I he I, probably I don't could still pull it off. I think it's just doing it to a, like certain opponents. Yeah, I, I think doing it kind of. I think you also don't want to keep it the same move you were doing twenty years ago. I don't think he wants to overexert himself too. I mean, I think he's just trying to. This first aware. match, his first match back, it was good. I mean, it's not like it's not like he hasn't been wrestling. Yeah. He, he was at all oh, in. Yeah. yeah, he was yeah. in all in. Here we go. In his Wolverine. Can't show me a soda. Sure. Anyway, um, so Rey Mysterio gets the pin, and that qualifies him for the. That the last of the World Cup qualifies. the All American World Cup. Sure, whatever. It's it's whatever they're calling it. It's a bunch of guys from two thousand five. Well, you got you got to call it by the name that WWE has been calling it incessantly. They're calling it All American World Cup to dis to was it to decide the greatest uh, entertainer in the world, something like that, the greatest athlete it's, in the it's world. The WWE so World Cup insane. to determine. The greatest, the 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 great greatest wrestler in the world they in the WWE. They stroke. I'm, I just I, I can't feel like I just kept going over the same. How dare you, you little weasel! Ask us, talk about us repeating ourselves when you repeat yourself every podcast. Are you kidding me? So that was SmackDown. Oh, and then Undertaker came out. Undertaker came out, puts his hand in the air, and then the lightning strikes, and that's SmackDown Rest in 1000. Peace, SmackDown One Thousand. So. <laughs> <laughs> Let's move on to some news. I am outraged, by the way. <laughs> You're absolutely, absolutely outraged. So, first, let's talk about some real quick. Uh, 205 Live has moved their tapings to being before SmackDown Live was on the air, which I think makes a lot more sense because you have a lively crowd who's waiting for SmackDown. You have a full house instead of people who are just walking out of the building. Or you have people just getting in. Right. Fair, but at least they're getting in and excited to whatever they're about to yeah, watch. Yeah, they're not they sleeping after watch. SmackDown. Yeah. Right, exactly. And if you've been watching 205 Live for the last two weeks, you can tell the crowd is different than mm-hmm. previously. Because, you know, this is a wide-awake crowd waiting for the show to start versus a cool, thanks for two hours, I'm done kind right. of crowd. So, that's that for 205 Live. Quick news. Uh, this week's NXT main event was a triple threat match for the North American title. Adam Cole versus Ricochet versus Pete Dunne in what has arguably been the match of the year. For WWE. For WWE. So potentially even in general. I want to say maybe at least top 10 match of the year overall in wrestling. Yeah, Definitely Kenny, up yeah, there. Kenny and Okada this year. Like five different times. <laughs> <laughs> I said arguably top 10 of the year. Yeah, they can't be top five. Kenny and Okada. It's just a, just a fantastic match. I mean, they repeat a lot of the same beats that they have in previous matches in, in other iterations of these three. It was just so good. But it was just, so fast These three are just so good. They took up the whole half hour of that. It doesn't really matter which Spot. two or three of these competitors you get. It's fantastic. They're upper mid-card, if that's what you want to call this, because it's the North American title, so it's not mm-hmm. the main event. But their upper mid-card is arguably the best card in all of wrestling. Their upper mid card is better than their, it's better their than, main event card. For sure. Their main card. I, I will 100% say that their main, their upper mid card is better than Raw's main event scene. And would you say it's better than Raw and SmackDown's main event scene? I would say it's... 
Only, I would say better debate. if it wasn't for AJ. I would say for sure. Mm-hmm. But even with AJ, it's better than their main event. Because uh, I'll I even, think I'll because AJ doesn't it. have anyone that's really top tier right now. He's in a program with Daniel Bryan right now, exactly. which can it's, be top tier. Yeah, it's not, not we, that great. We've said the same thing about AJ. yeah, but you don't like Daniel Bryan. That's the difference. I get bored. With I don't. Daniel Bryan. I don't like that's Daniel Bryan, like but I can. I can appreciate. His his athleticism and his work work ethic, mm-hmm. but we've said this with his last two feuds, yeah. Shinsuke and him, they can put on a, a fantastic match. They have done so in the past. Didn't get it. Didn't get it. Joe, his history with Joe, could put on a good match. Have didn't some, have done it. in the past. Didn't quite get it. They may not give Brian and, and, and AJ the time. They may not. They may That's not. That's why this 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 feud, this upper mid card for NXT. Is better than any few going on in the WWE's main roster right now. I agree. Mm-hmm. So um, they also announced huge announcement: uh, the first airing of NXT UK will be taking place this Wednesday, October seventeenth, twenty eighteen. It's going to be airing eight PM British Standard Time, which is three PM Eastern Time. I think it's great because that's prime time in the UK. Mm-hmm. Which means that WWE is not completely tone deaf. Right. It'd be really messed up if they aired at 8 p.m. here Eastern time, and it's like three because then they're gonna get it at like 5 a.m. or something like that in the UK, which right. is messed up. Imagine, right? Could you imagine? There's like, the one guy that stays up to 3 a.m. He's like, you gotta watch NXT. <laughs> <laughs> it would come on at 1 a.m. in England. It's insane. So, does this mean that they're moving Pete Dunne over there, and like they're just gonna do all the UAK belts in one, like a, a, essentially a brand split? So that's kind of what the the idea was always that it was going to be UK NXT UK mm-hmm. was going to be based in the UK and feed into NXT, mm-hmm. which then feeds into the main roster. So Pete Dunne, I believe, is going to be doing double duty. He's already on NXT. That's crazy. So wait, are they going to fly him? Well, oh. here's the thing. So with all the guys that they had signed to NXT UK, mm-hmm. they had freedom and right to do other bookings outside of North America. And as long as they didn't interfere with the WWE. Mm-hmm. So, like, Mustache Mountain and all these guys, um, Tony Storm, they were doing shows. and They, they were at Progress mm-hmm. at um, a day in Wembley a few weeks ago. They were there, the big show. They're doing, you know, Evolve. They're doing all these other promotions in the UK already. So, P. Dunn, I mean, it wouldn't be any different. Mm-hmm. It just... He would have one home base in the UK, which would be NXT UK. Right. And then his home base in the States would be NXT Prime. So the question that I also... Another question that I have is... Because they, they debuted the UK tag titles. Yes, they did. And they don't have a UK heavyweight title, right? Or an NXT heavyweight title. Or do they? Like a main... Pete Dunn is the... But he's... That's not like UK a UK champion. That's not like a mid-court title? No. So the, the United Kingdom Championship was designed to be the United Kingdom champion. So when they made NXT UK, oh. he's going to be their top champion. He is their top champion oh. as the holder of the... That's There's why, no mid-card belt. Correct. Which is why they did the triple threat for the North American title to kind of disassociate the UK title from NXT Prime. Because the UK title is going to be See, NXT UK's main belt. My only problem with that is they've been putting Pete Dunne up with Ricochet week after week now. Yeah. And it's pretty much them saying that the US's mid-card is better than the UK's top high card. Well, like I said, it's supposed to feed into it. So that's kind of the idea. I mean, it's like saying, you know, 
Um, who's in the main event? Uh, Gargano or Ciampa or Velveteen? Because he's in the oh, he's, yeah. he's down now. He's in the he's main event. Yep. Yeah, you can't. You're not going to compare them to the Raw's main event scene or SmackDown's main event scene because they're different tiers, and that's mm-hmm. the same thing. I see. So Pete Dunne's going to be NXT UK's top champion. And then once they build that, I mean, then, you know, we'll see, maybe we'll see some more parody. Right. But for now, that's what it is. He's going to be their top champion. And they've also announced the women's champion. I'm not sure. They're going to have a UK the women's, women's championship. championship. Nice. I like that idea. And then uh, they, they just unveiled the tag championships. Cool. Which I think are really nice looking belts, by the way. Yeah. Fun. Really nice looking belts. I generally, I even like the North American title, and I know that y'all think that's disgusting. So. The North American title? Yeah. I like it. I don't find it attractive. I think the strap's a little wide. I think it's a weird color for the strap too. I don't mind. I don't, I don't wider than the oh, the previous NXT Championship belt, where there was just the two X's. I don't know something about the strap. Not the two X's is just a giant, the giant X. X. Yeah, there's something about the, the 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 width of the strap for the North American title that bugs me. I just feel like it's way too wide. Very lucha mm. underground. Yeah, but the belt itself doesn't bother me. I actually oh, like the design. I really like the I like the design of all the NXT titles, especially the North American belt. Agreed. Because I'm a fanboy ricochet, I guess. But I mean, well, who knows? One and only. Okay, <clears throat> uh, let's move on to some WWE news. Lot to go over. I'm not going to try to stay on to one topic too long, but do you, let let's go over the smaller stuff, and then we'll go over the big the, thing. the mage. Yeah, let's go to the the mage dage. All right. I don't know, maybe this is small, maybe this is big. You be the judge. WWE, Charlotte Flair, and Ric Flair are all getting sued by Charlotte's ex-husband. His wrestling name was Brom, B-R-A-M. I'm sorry if I'm pronouncing that wrong. For things said in the book published by the WWE, it was an an autobiography for Charlotte. Yeah, it's it's a joint book. With Ric Flair and Charlotte Flair called Second Nature. Okay. So it's supposed to like Play on the Nature Boy Nature. Yeah, and how their their careers kind of parallel to one another and something like that. So I think there's autobiographical elements. I'm not sure if it's a pure autobiography, but mm-hmm. it is. That it's supposed to you know tell the tale of both of these performers as people and as performers and, and how their you know legacies cross one another. Okay. I mean, we did state earlier that the WWE's World Cup. Which makes absolutely zero sense because they're all American wrestlers in this tournament for Crown Jewel. We have John Cena, Kurt Angle, Seth Rollins, and Dolph Ziggler who qualified this week on the Raw brand. We have Jeff Hardy, Randy Orton, The Miz, and Rey Mysterio who qualified. Those two qualified uh, last well, tonight on SmackDown. The only two people... Who have any sort of non-Americanness to them? Is Ray are and... Seth and Ray? Well, Seth's from like Iowa. No, yeah, he's from Iowa. Yeah, but everybody but else is he, like a white guy. He's yeah, he's a Latino by birth, mm-hmm. but he was adopted and raised like something Lopez or something. Like yeah, that. I his his I think his his uh, birth name was like Colby Lopez, something like yeah. that. Mm-hmm. But he was adopted by his mother's second husband, so he's he's practically white. He's basically white, but. He was born to. They did um like a behind the scenes thing yeah. of him growing up. And yeah, yeah. He, he just seems super white. So, right, so, and then and Rey Mysterio is Mexican American, but he's right. American born. This this upsets me because I don't like the whole world aspect. If you're just going to have American superstars, and it's not like they don't have enough guys in the roster to fill out eight international superstars. Yeah. Um, just to name a few. Rusev. Rusev. 
McIntyre. Scotland. Uh, Finn Balor, Ireland. Well, yeah, Ireland. I was going to say Seamus, but he's also from Ireland. Okay. I mean, you could have... Almas, Mexico. The world. Instead, you're... Shinsuke, Japan. It's just a, it's a name grab, and, and it's frustrating. You can even put Hideo Itami, who's also from Japan. Japan. Uh, I, I, I don't... I like the idea of the World Cup when it was announced. Mm-hmm. I don't like the execution of it. I agree. I do like its tournament style that night, mm-hmm. because I agree. we haven't seen that in a very long time. But there's nothing world about this cup. Yeah, no, it's very... Uh, very... What's the word I'm looking for? Uh, Merka? Very America. That's very America. The WWE America Cup. The yeah. only thing that's not domestic about this uh, title, this World Cup thing, is that it's not in the U.S. So that's the only thing. That's let's domestic. use that to lead into what has easily been the biggest story of the week in pretty much all of wrestling. Big news. The WWE is putting on the Crown Jewel event, which is taking place in Saudi Arabia. I forget which city. I want to say Riyadh. Right? It's in Riyadh, Saudi Arabia. Um, they changed the stadium last week, didn't they? Yes, they changed the location of the stadium from one stadium to the other, but I think it's still in Riyadh. Okay. It's just a smaller one. Um, so here's the big thing. About a week ago, a uh, journalist by the name of Jamal Khashoggi, who I believe is Saudi, but is a American resident, mm-hmm. working as a journalist for the Washington Post, went to the um, to the consulate for to the to the Saudi consulate in Turkey. There's footage of him entering, no footage of him exiting, disappeared, there's complete disappearance. No, no one's seen or heard from him since. Turkish officials are claiming that they have video and audio evidence of him being murdered, chopped up with a bone saw, had his body parts distributed into luggage, and then taken out of the building by Saudi people. Why? Because Jamal Khashoggi has been critical of the Saudi government and their crown prince. So why does this matter to professional wrestling? Because of the fact that this is a press thing and an international thing that took place in Turkey, so it's already like an it's an international affair. Yeah. Um, and because of their human rights issues and the fact that we've been dealing arms with Saudi Arabia for, I want to say, decades. Ugh. There is a lot of push from people and not just everyday citizens congressmen congresswomen senators are leaning on the WWE to at least postpone the event until there's some sort of like resolve resolve to what happened now there's an is a on a um a business conference, I forget what it's called, that takes place in Saudi Arabia that's taking place soon. And already, a bunch of companies like CNN, Bloomberg, um, I believe NBC... Fox News. Fox News didn't pull out yet. Oh. They're not going to pull out. But all these other places, they pulled out. Hmm. CNN said that they're not doing it. Bloomberg said they're not doing it. All these other big companies, they have refused to appear in Saudi Arabia until they get some sort of news or report as to what happened to this journalist. This is bad for the WWE. It's bad when 
You have people who have nothing to do with wrestling, news reporters, people who do shows on on HBO. I forget this guy's name. He he had um he has a, a news show on on HBO. Mayor? No, he's a British guy. Oh, with glasses. Um and he even mentioned the WWE. Mm-hmm. You know, like they have no reason to, but because the WWE is so embedded in this. And he points out something that, like, as wrestling fans, we didn't notice. So, at the Greatest Royal Rumble, which was in Jeddah, Saudi Arabia, there was so much Saudi propaganda. They kept playing these clips about the progressive Saudi Mm -hmm. Arabia, the progressive kingdom of this, and, oh, this great and beautiful blah, blah, blah. And when we're watching it, we're so wrapped up in watching the wrestling that we don't even pay any mind to it. I mean, I, I, I noticed it. Sure, but like... But it wasn't... It was something that was like, all right, I'm not going to exactly, think about this again. Exactly. Like, but think, when you think of it in isolated... Like, it's it's pure paid propaganda. And it's unreal that the WWE is still doing this. And on top of that, when... as They're, they're getting pressed on it now by the press. And their response is, we're monitoring the situation. It's gotten to a point where their performers reportedly are expressing discontent with the idea of going out there. Mm-hmm. And WWE's response is, we have an open line of communication with all of our performers as we monitor the situation. How is that your response? Here, so here's the thing. So there's a lot of money into this. Yeah, right? of course. So that, that they've got to, because the government gave them that money, right? The Saudi government? Yes. So they have to sort out how they're going to figure that out. If anything, Fair. I don't think they're going to delay this thing. They're either going to have it or they're not going to have it. Mm-hmm. And that either means they're just going to cancel the pay-per-view and we'll do it somewhere else. Mm-hmm. And then maybe at some point down the line, redo it somewhere somewhere else for Saudi Arabia, which might be the better thing to do. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, I mean, if, if I was one of these superstars, I'd be terrified until we get some sort of answers as to where this guy went and what happened. Yeah. Because it's just you bring that up brought chills to my spine. Yeah. Like... I don't know, man. Um, Vince, Vince, and the rest of the board, you know, they should care about the the safety and well being of their um, superstars. Now, them saying they have an open line of communication with their superstars, there's only so much they can say openly, of course, politically, which I get, especially because if they say something, you know, too lenient towards the U.S. government or you know, just the positive side of for the Western world or yeah, whatever, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, it might piss off the Saudi government mm-hmm. and give them the wrong idea. So I get that they're trying to keep their mouth shut and like play both fields until they get resolution to, you know, solve it, to, to solve whatever they got to get through to get to the end of this. But um, I, th- I think we just got to let, let them play it out. Vince is either going to let it happen or he's not. And so, that's what's going to come down to, I think. According to Meltzer and Alvarez and other people who are like in the know, this is going on. Makes sense. Until they're told by the U.S. government mm-hmm. to not put this show on, the show's going on. Mm-hmm. Now, this is super complicated because you have to also remember, Linda McMahon, Vince's wife, She's is part of his cabinet, Donald Trump's cabinet. Mm-hmm. So, like, she's fully embedded in this. And this, we're talking about Trump, who, when this was first brought up to him, his response was basically... First he goes, oh, is he a citizen? Oh, he's a resident. He's a resident. Okay. And he goes, well, look at all this money that's going back and forth between the two of us. 
you know, let's not let's make sure that we don't ruin that before knowing all the facts about a resident. If that's Trump's response, Trump's and, money and Linda is part of his cabinet, and, and, him Vince, and Vince are is very married, close, and they're close, and Vince is married to Linda, and like you know, it it all it points to Vince is gonna go if the money's there. And you guys are going to let me do this? I'm going to do it. Mm-hmm. Well, they've been paid. They have this, what, 10-year contract the with Saudi Arabia. This, 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 I'm telling you right I, now, it's going to happen. In three yeah. weeks, we're going to have crown jewel. I wouldn't be surprised if the lawyers for the, you know, for WWE are looking over the contract and trying to be like, is there a clause where we can... I'm wondering about that also. Some is small there, print. What are the legal you know, logistics? Yeah. But you know, but WWE and until it hurts their bottom line, they're not going to do anything. Look at WrestleMania, right? When they first announced a fabulous Moolah Battle Royal, they don't care about ethics. They were willing to let a battle royal be named after this woman who was Who's like pimping out, like she was pimping out wrestlers. She was an awful human being, and they didn't care until Snickers, the sponsor, <laughs> Snickers was like, "Yo, we're not about that life," and the WWE was like, "Oh, well, they're not about it. Then we not about it." And that's what it's going to take. Someone, someone, this has to hurt Vince's wallet. Mm-hmm. If this hurts Vince's wallet, then the show gets canceled. But until then, it's going to go on. And because of that, like you mentioned mm-hmm. when we were doing the, the recaps, they have not mentioned the words Saudi Arabia at all, mm-hmm. whether on Raw or on SmackDown. They're just referring to it as Crown, Crown Jewel. Jewel, Crown Jewel, Crown Jewel. Beforehand, it was Crown Jewel in Saudi Arabia. Crown Jewel in Saudi Arabia. Saudi Arabia. uh, Yeah, this whole thing. Arena. But now, it's just Crown Jewel. Why? Because the minute the word Crown Jewel was uttered today on SmackDown 1000, what was the crowd reaction? Boo. Boos. It's... There's a lot of... I don't want to get into, like, political rhetoric. Yeah, because we can... But... This is something that WWE like. It's they need to answer. It's interest. It's we have, there's nothing we can do or say, but let's see what happens. And just this is the current state right now. Mm-hmm. The show is scheduled to go on. Those are the WWE's responses, mm-hmm. and we'll go from there. What it might come down to is some of the superstars might have to walk away from doing crowd jewel and be like, we're not they're doing not, it. They're not going to do that. You know what? I'm. I know, I, I feel like I bring this up every once in a while, pretty often on the podcast, but like, I'm, I'm all for walkouts like that. Um, I, I, what was it? I was listening to the, that Lillian Stone Cold thing earlier, and it auto-played to another video where Stone Cold was talking about how he walked out on Vince once upon a time. Yeah, Stone they, Cold. The issue is... But what if, you know, Roman walks out, and he's like, I'm not comfortable being look, there. So this, this brings up... so uh, Braun walks out. Okay, so we can kind of use this to transition a little bit to some non-WWE news where there's reported discontent in the New Japan Pro Wrestling locker room because there's a new regime. Mm-hmm. Um, they have a new administration who they who is taking over now, and apparently they're not, they don't really know too much about wrestling. They're not wrestling people, so they don't know too much. And so I think Cody Rhodes on Twitter says something along the lines of uh, people who are in charge of wrestlers are clueless and reckless we need to band together so I saw an article I think it was on Cage Side Seats I think reading too much into his tweet part of the idea is Cody trying to unionize professional wrestling Mm -hmm. now I personally think that would be a fantastic idea 
The minute I found out about how the inner workings are of professional wrestling, how they get paid and whatnot, I immediately thought, this is insane. This is barbaric. How is there not, like, some sort of... I mean, I wasn't thinking of it in the terms of a union, Mm -hmm. but I was like, how is there not some sort of, like, regulations on how this works? So now, going back to your thing, if this was something where professional wrestlers were unionized, I can see something where they could walk out. I can see something where they can band together and be like, Vince, we're not doing this show. If you want to put the show together, find some local enhancement talent, which doesn't exist in Saudi Arabia. You know? But considering that professional wrestlers are independent contractors that get paid by either salary, yearly, or by appearance, Mm -hmm. and you get a bonus for appearing on pay-per-views, none of these wrestlers are going to turn this down. Especially, you already, all the women can't be there, again, because Saudi Arabia, so the women can't, can't go to the show. But the men who are there, you, you can't pass off this payday. And who knows, so let's say their, their regular payday is, let's say, hypothetically, let's say $10, right? Mm-hmm. Saudi Arabia is giving WWE so much money, I'm sure the payday is going to be way more than that. They got Shawn Michaels to come out of retirement. The payday for these, for these wrestlers to appear on this show has mm-hmm. got to be significant. It has to be significant. So there's no way these guys who wrestle and travel 300 dates, 250 dates a year mm-hmm. to support their family are just going to be like, yeah, now Vince, I'm out. Well, I was just Sami Zayn. Sami Zayn is one of those guys who, like, he's very much about, like, he stands for what he stands for, mm-hmm. which is why he wasn't Can't allowed to go yeah. to Saudi Arabia because he's Syrian and there's beef there. Right. So. I mean, I think what it comes down to is people have to put their moral beliefs um, above their money a lot of the time. And, and so should this company. They should, um, but I don't think they have moral beliefs. That's the problem. They 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 care like you were saying. They care more about the money, so they have to they have to. I think what it comes down to them is they have to consider the well being of their staff and the, the superstars above you know their cash gain at the end. Of that the that that will be taken care of. Yeah, uh, they're not going to be in any. They used to do shows in in Iraq. Or in Afghanistan, with and they're all surrounded by military personnel. Uh, absolutely, yes. <laughs> it's a, it's a war but I do, zone. I do think they will be. I don't think the safety of the performers is in jeopardy here. But I think it's more of a human rights issue. Yes, and mm-hmm. deciding what's more important: the bottom line or human rights and the political sphere that we're in right now. And that's. I mean, you could always walk out. You could lose your job. There's work everywhere. At, you know, somewhere it's else. True. But. Who's going to hire a Roman Reigns on the indie scene? You know? Nobody. In fact, he may. There you know, You know, leaving your job or walk, ah, walking out actually is a perfect segue to, again, more some more non-WWE yeah, news. Segue. Um, Impact Wrestling had their... One of their biggest, biggest shows. Their the, biggest pay-per-view the, their, the year for them, which is Bound this, for Glory. Isn't this anniversary? No, Bound for Glory. Really? Yeah, well, it's, their mean, res- it's their WrestleMania. Um, not much happened here. We had a major title change with Austin Aries taking on Johnny Impact for the. Were you just gonna skip over James Edwards? James Edwards debut. Hello. Nobody cares about him. Ugly uh, guy. He loses. This took place in New York. Sure. And in Queens, to be exact. And Eli, I think it was Eli Drake had a mystery opponent. Yes. And they were like, oh, any New Yorker, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And so when you think New York, 
You think James Ellsworth? Yeah, I don't. Is it too? I think. <laughs> <laughs> I think of the Brooklyn Brawler. <laughs> Ellsworth comes out. And he's like, "Well, I dated a Staten Island girl." I was like, "What a task comes out." Just like, you, you never dated Carmella, and she's not from Staten minute, Island. Two minutes. <laughs> We're talking about James Ellsworth more than he wrestled that night. <laughs> Stop giving him airtime, William. God. <clears throat> anyway, my bad. So Johnny Impact. So wins the title. Johnny Impact. Thank you for jumping the gun. <laughs> Johnny Impact, Austin Aries fight for the Impact Championship. Um, they're, they're, they're big belt. And Austin Aries completely no-sells Starship Pain, which is Johnny Impact's finisher. Well, not completely, because he sat for the three count. Well, what I'm talking about, when I talk about completely, I mean... After the three count? <laughs> it was one, two, three. Stand right up. Johnny Impact's on his knees... You know, again, that Shawn Michaels feeling. And Austin Aries basically stood right up, got right out of the ring, yelled some expletives to uh, the announced team, uh, yelled at some of the fans, and just walked to the back, middle fingers up in the air. And Johnny Impact sitting there like, what the F is wrong with this guy? Like, yo, he's taking a moment away from me. Like, what's his deal? It's messed up. So Don Callis is a... The uh, part of the announced team, but he's also one of the the head execs for Impact Wrestling right now. Mm-hmm. So him flipping off the announced table is not just like some random announced table thing. He's flipping. He's off flipping off one of his bosses. Right. So, I mean, Austin Aries has been there for a very long time. Has he not? Well, and he's pretty much since he left WWE. No, in, in and out of Impact because yeah. he's been in TNA, but then TNA gets old and then bought and this and that, yeah, whatever. Yeah, yeah. But he he has been a staple in ROH and and Impact Wrestling. Yeah, but he's one of those names that I think of when I think TNA or I think well, I think when I think of um, yeah. Austin Aries, I think of ROH. But either way, but yeah. Um, um, so then, so he he's storming out, and like you said, I feel bad for Johnny Impact. The dude just won the top belt on this promotion, and no one's talking about that. Well, and for any fans like me who keep hearing the name Johnny Impact and don't synonymously Johnny think Impact, Johnny, Johnny, Johnny Mundo, Mundo, John Morrison, Johnny Nitro, any one of those Johnnies, yes. the guy who wears the weird pants with like the crosses and the and he's got the, the fur, fur on, on the bottom. And I don't know, he's awesome. He's married know. to Taya Valkyrie. And he's awesome. Had a women's uh, knockouts championship match against uh, Tessa Blanchard and lost. Yes. Uh, yeah, so the, the the big question is whether or not this was a work or a shoot. Most people seem to believe it's a shoot. Um, one of the Impact Wrestling uh, executives, I forget his name, he said that that was the last night on Austin Aries' contract. Ooh. So that would imply that this was a shoot, that that's just the way he decided to leave, which is, I think, dumb. Um uh, maybe he just didn't want to drop the belt to to Johnny Impact. But if it's the last night of your contract, what are you supposed to do? I, I we spoke about this earlier. I said uh, understandable. Either you, you drop have, it or you, you resign. Have to resign it or you have him drop it. That's it. Unless you're trying to shong on them into getting a better deal as as the champion, he and they're like, "Nah, son, you good." <laughs> exactly. Like, nah, son, you good. Pull up and the then job. that was it. Well, Bret Hart didn't mind dropping the belt to Shawn Michaels. He just didn't want to do it in he Canada. He just didn't want to do it in Canada. Because he's from Canada. That was the last night of his thing, wasn't it? It was the last night of his contract, but he said he was going to drop the belt on Raw. Yeah, he would have done it the next night. Out but, of contract. But Vince didn't trust it because Alundra Blaze took the, the Women's Championship, the women's championship to, to WCW and dropped him in the trash can. Imagine if Bret Hart took the WWE <gasps> Championship 
and, and dropped him in the trash yeah. can in WCW. They would have done worse than the trash can. Ordinary, a lot worse. We'll just edit that out. <laughs> <laughs> well, well Russell, Russell didn't. Uh, he didn't like the idea of the WWE title getting destroyed in WCW. So uh, uh, still in, fighting. Yeah, in uh, New Japan news. My New guy, J- New Japan's got some 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 stuff going on right now. Oh, my yeah. guy, Switchblade, Jay White, part of BCOG, officially or just the Bullet Club of the Bullet Club. So the Bullet Club has been you know going through this internal war for a little while. You know BCOG versus BC Elite, and so it seems like shoot kayfabe. New Japan is going to go towards the direction of taking the Bullet Club back to what it used to be, mm. which is a faction of guys who just didn't care, just interfered in matches, just beat up everybody, just a heel faction who just like they Those, they, they gave no f's, right? Which is what originally Bullet Club was, and then with the popularity of the Bullet Club and the popularity of the performance that they had in Bullet Club, such as Prince Devitt, aka Finn Balor, mm-hmm. AJ Styles. The Young Bucks, Kenny Omega, now at this point, you know, Cody, Marty Skrull, <laughs> Hangman Page, etc., have become, like, it's impossible for them to be heels. At this point, they're just, they're a face faction by default. Right. And so, I think what the, what New Japan wants to do is take it back to the roots and have BCOG become Bullet Club. Let Tama Tonga, Tonga Loa, Bad Luck Fale, now Switchblade Jay White... Be like you know those guys again, right? And then the guys that we know as BC Elite, they're gonna go off and just become either the Elite or something else. Their contracts are over, most of their contracts are over in January. Mm-hmm. Um, every one of those guys, except for Kenny Omega, has has listed on Twitter, has posted something on Twitter saying like showing and displaying their brand new Bullet Club style shirts as their last Bullet Club style shirts. So. Does that mean that they're going to be out of Bullet Club? Does that mean they're just going to be out of New Japan? Mm. No way of knowing for sure. They definitely play it up on being the elite on their their YouTube show. They you know they have the clicking the the ticking time clock behind like that Matt and Nick can hear it. They have like these notes that are being slipped through their doors from Triple H telling them to go to you know you have to be more cerebral. Um, stuff like that, like just hinting at all of them to go to WWE. As a sidebar, have you seen any of the stuff with Jericho and the Alpha Club versus, uh, no, for the cruise? Like what? There's some video, uh, there was a video on Jericho's Instagram the other day, and it was like a cut of um, him and Nick and Matt Jackson going off with Cody and I think Kenny. That was probably, so that was the, uh, the intro to this week's episode of Being the Elite. Makes sense, yeah. Where... I think Matt and Nick were in a room together, mm-hmm. and then Cody comes in and he's like, "Hey, where you guys been? You know, you look at you guys. You guys have your own like dressing room now. Like yeah. you guys are these big stars. Blah blah blah." blah. Um, I'm like, "That was Kenny." Kenny comes in, he's like, "Hey, you know, blah blah." blah. And then Cody comes in, and they start trash talking, and then Jericho pops up out of nowhere <laughs> because the young bucks are wearing these scarves that say "Y2 Jericho" or um, yeah. the, the Bucks of Youth or Bucks of Jericho, something like that. Yeah. Like, oh, where'd you get those scarves? Those are knockoff scarves. It's like, oh, these are one in a million. Oh, they're made by some 99 cent store. And so yeah. Jericho's down there arguing back and forth, and that's mm-hmm. all supposed to lead to the to the Jericho. Kicks them out. He's like, lock the door. Yeah, yeah, lock the door, lock the door. He goes, yeah, you come back with Marty's girl. We don't care. As soon as they walk out, he goes, watch this. He locks the door. He goes, brilliant. <laughs> insane. 
so yeah, so it looks like you know we have some. We don't know what BC is doing, although uh, New Japan's Junior Tag League is starting soon, and tagging with Taiji Ishimori is going to be Robbie Eagles. Now I don't know too much about him, but I do know he's an indie wrestler from I want to say Australia. And Australia. he's going to be teaming with Taiji Ishimori. Does that mean he's going to be part of Bullet Club OG now? I don't know. But he'll be at least tagging with Ishimori. So, I mean, we'll see what happens with, um, with Bullet Club. There's a lot to, to see here. Mm-hmm. Let's move on to probably kind of my favorite segment of our, of our show. Our topic of conversation for the week. Came up right before we started recording. We're talking about Raw, SmackDown, and how Raw 1000 became the first three-hour episode of Raw. Mm-hmm. And what that has meant for the product versus SmackDown in their two hours. So, the topic, I guess, if we want to phrase it, is what do we think of Raw being three hours versus two hours? Mm-hmm. Um and what do we think that means for the product and, and you know, just in general? We think that what what do we what are our opinions of three hour raw? Matt, you wanna start us off? Yeah. So, um I listened to her a couple times I think during the episode. I listened to this interview with Stone Cold and Lillian Garcia. Um and Stone Cold brought up that he was commenting on the injuries with uh, Liv. And he talked about injuries that have happened with him and they just happen during matches. His neck injury Hunter's leg injury made me want to go back and rewatch the tag match where Hunter first got his real big quate. Um, so I went through the network, found the match, and that whole raw was uh, raw was two hours at the time, mm-hmm. and that whole raw comes up to 140 minutes or um, an hour and 40 minutes. Mm-hmm. Um, raw today is three hours, and it's uh, at two-hour show, pretty much, mm. after matches and promos. No commercials. Mm. So, we're getting an hour worth of commercials and all this, you know, repeated content. Uh, the the term I, that keeps coming to mind for me is it feels like uh, when I used to put on general manager mode when I was younger, okay. in SmackDown versus Raw, yeah. I, would just ran, I would just put the same matches for, like, the, every week on Raw. And randomize and then just skip to the end because okay. I didn't really want to play through 100 weeks of, or 52 weeks of right. of GMing. Right. So um, that's kind of what Raw feels like at this point. And Raw at you know at the time of Raw's War and, and the early 2000s with the power trip and all that, it was um, you know top tier talent uh, cut after cut. You had that Raw where they dropped the belts. Um, it was. The Rock doing a promo. Jericho comes out, does his promo. Uh, at Big Show, they had the APA coming in. Oh, I used to uh, love the APA. Dude, it was... I used to love the APA. The, everything that they put on Raw back in the day was so golden. And it, 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 there's no nostalgia factor for me. I'm just... This is just... Like I said, like this. I grew up with the Ruthless stuff. Mm-hmm. And... It's just... The quality of that content is so much richer. And we had... We didn't have to dedicate three hours of our lives every Monday to watching it. Mm-hmm. And we didn't have all these commercials cutting into the middle of it, mm-hmm. you know, kind of. So, and I even, with Sling, I get to record it and then just skip through so I could start like a half hour in and mm-hmm. jump over. But it's still 
like uh, I don't know the quality of content I feel decli- has declined and Smackdown now is two hours mm-hmm. they could have done a three hour show for 1000 they didn't mm-hmm. even if it was just a one off as opposed to doing continuous three hour episodes they right. could have but Smackdown comes out to like an hour and a half after commercials or something yeah and it's still a little better show talking about quality over con- um, quantity NXT is an hour every week and they put on a match of the year their top tier, we were saying their mid card is better than, than the top tier card on the main show. Yeah, shows. but the problem is, at least with this week, you had a good opening segment, and then you had a boring middle with Kona Reeves and uh, the Keith guy, Lee. Keith Lee. I was I was thoroughly bored with that match. I still don't understand how you're not entertained by Keith Lee. I don't find him entertaining. Yeah. He's, you don't like Keith Lee either? He's fine. He's a powerhouse. I don't like If powerhouses aren't used right... He's so athletic. Like, he's not just a... Par- anyway, let, let's not... I don't want to make this a Keith Lee thing. Um, Jeremy, you want to give in your two cents about the, the three-hour? Um, I mean, it's not really a three-hour. I mean, it, it's scheduled for three hours, but we stated, you know, you get 20 minutes per hour per for commercials. Mm-hmm. So that boom knocks out an hour. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> We're down to two hours. You sh- I, I like a lot less segments, a lot more wrestling. Mm-hmm. If the segments work, if the rest segments don't work, then like how we were, we were happy with Leo Rush for the first yeah two or three weeks, and right. then I was like, oh god, no, we're done with this. Yeah, <laughs> um, SmackDown has the right recipe. You know, a couple segments here, a couple segments there, good match, good match, maybe a bad match, yeah, and then yeah, the the main event can either be a match or it could be some weird segment. Mm. Raw can follow suit. You don't have to have Raw from nine to eleven. Mm. Have it. 8 to 10 just like uh, Smackdown yeah it wouldn't hurt the brand mm-hmm. at least I don't think it would right but they're not gonna listen to us no of course not what say ye so I think part of what you were talking about Matt is so okay so today's talent pool in terms of in ring work is better than it's ever been in the history of professional wrestling <laughs> the in-ring workers that they have, the, the the actual wrestling is unmatched. However, the entertainment factor outside of just professional wrestling <coughs> was at its peak during the Attitude Era. Now, I think the problem is that the WWE... In their effort to be this three-hour, like, you know, money-grab thing. They haven't found a way to bridge those two. They're trying to make Raw their their family, casual entertainer show, but it's not entertaining. Mm -hmm. Because they're trying to stretch everything out to three hours. Back during the Attitude Era, storylines were intersecting with one another. You would have a tag team title match... Between two tag teams who, in some way, shape, or form, were connected to the main event without having to be in the main event. Like, you could have had, like, okay, so right now we have Dolph and Drew are the tag champions right now right. Raw, right? And they're in the main yeah. event scene. If it was the Attitude Era, they would have their own feud going on, but because of their alliance or their allegiance with Braun would be intersected into the storyline in some facet that wasn't in your face. Mm -hmm. You could watch a Raw from back in the day and find yourself watching Jericho in one segment and then end the show with Jericho in something completely different. Mm -hmm. 
because they just found ways to tell different stories in a way that they used all the wrestlers in a way that there was like they were actually in a world together mm-hmm. if you thought about it in real world if these people were all traveling together they wouldn't be cut off like this they wouldn't be sectioned off like okay you guys are doing this you guys are doing this you guys are doing that like they would intersect with each other more often but WWE doesn't do that and so because of that and they have this three hour thing we get repeated matches we get Jinder, Finn and Bailey and Alicia Fox three weeks in a row we get Leo Rush and Bobby Lashley with Kevin Owens and Elias four weeks in a row yeah. we get the Dogs of War and the Shield every week since like I don't know what SummerSlam basically well yeah. It's 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 they they don't have the segments to fill the space. Not that they don't have the talent, because they have the talent, which is why we have the brand the brand split, which is why we have NXT that's overloaded right now, mm-hmm. which is why we have these call ups with guys who don't see TV time. If WWE trimmed the fat, mm-hmm. got rid of guys who let's let's be real here. I don't mean to sound rude. But guys who, who clearly they don't have any plans for. Kurt Hawkins, No Way Jose, Heath Slater, Rhino. Exactly. You, the Jinder Mahal. Um, the B team. The B team. These guys who you clearly have no plans for. Ty Dillinger, R-Truth. These guys who they don't use. Except for relief. Exactly. Unless you're using them sporadically. Get rid of them. I mean, even the mid-card back then, like... Okay, so the mid-card back then, I think of, like, Val Venus, I think of Steve Blackman, I think of Ken Shamrock, I think of D'Lo Brown, I think of... Uh, Rikishi. Rikishi, I think of, you know, Austin, Rock, and Triple H before they went up to the main event scene. I think of Chris Benoit, Chris Jericho, Eddie Guerrero, all these guys before they became main eventers. Mm-hmm. There was a point where the mid-card was getting you up. To the main event scene, right? That's not a thing anymore. I think a big problem, and I, 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 this is another thing I feel like I bring up way too often, but it's just like they don't give them the time to let that sink in. I agree. And so, like, just looking at, you know, from SummerSlam to Survivor Series this year, compared to like Survivor Series to Survivor Series, uh, SummerSlam to Survivor Series in like, you know, early two thousands, there was SummerSlam, mm-hmm. Great American Bash. Or no, Great American Bash was before it was July. Yeah, so it was SummerSlam, Unforgiven, No Mercy, Taboo Tuesday, Survivor Series, mm-hmm. and they all had and those were brand split pay per views. Mm-hmm. So they had six to eight weeks to make a story, mm-hmm. drag it to the next paper to maybe a small pay per view like Taboo Tuesday or something, mm-hmm. and then bring it into the big cross brand, mm-hmm. and that's where you know everything would culminate. I agree. Now it's Sum- SummerSlam. And then they do what? Um, Hell of the Cell, I think, was after that, or TLC. Uh, yeah, or so Shrimp that was like the longest or... break they gave any of them. Yeah. It was like SummerSlam to Hell in a Cell was four weeks, and then after that they had the Super Slowdown, which mm. was two weeks later, and then they're doing this Crown Jewel thing, which is three weeks later, and then they're doing Survivor Series two weeks after that. So I've said this before to other people, like before we even started making this podcast, is that I, I agree with you that I feel like these feuds are almost rushed. Mm-hmm. I remember back in the day, like, Rock and Stone Cold being, like, a whole year. Like, the Rock and Triple H being, like, a whole year. Like, these feuds would culminate over mm-hmm. months and months and months. Now, they work their way up pay-per-view to pay-per-view. If, if we're lucky, they go big four to big four. And you know what? 
I would be happier with them doing just big fours and then doing it in your houses again. No. <laughs> no? No. You, you. I'm cool with big fours. No, so absolutely not. To me, I don't I don't need just four. And I don't need sixteen. One pay per view a month. <clears throat> if that I'm cool with give me eight. I'm cool with eight. One every two months. I'm cool with that. Perfect. Gives you two months to, to make a build story. Stories, characters, all you that. You gotta remember that the attention span for the the, the, the newer viewer is very short. So mm. they can't not like us where we can sit there, we can eat a whole feud for two months and then yes. have it blow off at uh, the pay per view. The payoff is so much better. They it don't is. care about and that. It, no, and, and, and to your and to your point, I don't even think they care about the attention span of, of anybody either. It all comes down to money. When they do these pay-per-views or the, the WWE Network shows or whatever, they get sponsorship for all these shows. Every time they put on an event, they get big dollars in their pocket. Mm-hmm. And that's all it comes down to. That's why they went to three hours, because they're advertising money. That's why they went to so many pay-per-views, so they get the sponsorship ad money. That's, that's all it, it boils. The minute the WWE went to a publicly traded company, in my opinion, mm-hmm. that's when things started to go south in terms of the big business aspect of it. When they were just WWE... Run by Vince and and, and and Linda, it like we got what we got. The minute they became publicly traded, then they had to worry about the board. They had to worry about bottom lines. They had to worry about this and worry about that and appeasing this person, appeasing that person versus just let's do what we think is going to be the best thing for WWE. Anyway, yep. Anyway, guys, that's our show for the week. Thank you all for listening. As always, you've been listening to us on uh, SoundCloud.com slash Grapples2Apples. That's Grapples and number two apples. You can find us on Facebook.com or Twitter.com slash Grapples2Apples. Again, that's Grapples and number two apples. You can also listen to us on Apple Podcasts or Google Play Music. I've been the Poetarian Will the Thrill, joined always by the great and powerful Shades, as well as Maddie Pizzle, double Z, double E. Thank you all for listening. We'll catch you guys next week. Later. Peace Peace and love.